Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Deserts of Plenty. My name is Ralph. Uh, Deserts of Plenty is a podcast uh, where I try to make sense of the seemingly crazy world. Uh, a world in which, you know, it turns out that maybe aliens are now real. Not only are they real, but they've been visiting us for a long time. And people high within the U.S. government are saying, yeah, it's a cover-up. And not only that, human beings have been interacted with these creatures and that uh, people have died as a result of interacting with these creatures. Uh, is that true? I mean, it's like uh, there's certainly a lot of conspiracy theories. The other one that's gaining a lot of traction is the JFK assassination, the, the rise of RFK and his presidential run. He firmly believes that the U.S. government was involved and uh well <laughs> yeah that's it it's like it you, the ability to decipher fact from fiction is becoming increasingly more difficult the more we read the less we know and that's i assume has a lot to do with the internet and maybe with uh how we live today. Anyway, that's what this podcast is about. And so I, I like to talk about things uh, that may, that are, I find interesting, that you may also find interesting. So I invite you to come along with this ride, short little bites about interesting topics. So today um, I, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, stories. Now, when I was a kid, uh, you know, every time someone that's, I hate saying that phrase because every time I start saying that, I'm like, eh, here goes the eye rolls. Uh, it's not like it's not like how things are different back then. It's not that. It's just um, as a child, I was fascinated with space. Uh, I think like many children of my generation, I mean, I was born just before the moon landing. If it ever really happened, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe it was filmed by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, I don't think so. I think we went to the moon. Um, Anyway, that doesn't matter. My opinion is irrelevant in that matter. Uh, but I was fascinated with space, and so I became a, I was a big fan uh, in my, I guess, early teens when the shuttle program was announced and was launched. And those first shuttle launches were amazing, and I'm, I know I came in or got in front of a TV to watch them take off. These huge things. Um, anyway, somebody asked the question, and I can't remember where this came from. You know, the, the one of the hallmarks or one of the most identifiable features of the old um, shuttles were the three solid was the solid uh, the solid fuel boosters, and the question was asked, how does that? What is this? How is the size of those black three black? Um, Funnels, I guess. How are they? What's what is this? How the what determines how big they are? Is it you know how much thrust? Is it blah 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 blah? And it turns out no. The the those since they had to travel by train, uh, the size of those the solid rooster the solid rooster, <laughs> it's a portmanteau of rocket booster a rooster. I didn't know that until now. Oh, cool. Good to know. The roosters, the solid uh, fuel rocket boosters, uh, were, were confined to their space by how that was the widest thing you could put on a train. 
And uh, that had to do with the gauge of the track because the gauge of the track determined how far apart they were. So two trains traveling side by side, uh, I think was part of the reason. But anyway, the size of these things were limited by how big of something you could put on a, a train. You can Google it and see it yourself. And uh, what, okay, well, what determined the gauge of the track? Well, that is an, an old measurement. It's not, it's not a, it's not a, you know, an even thing. It's based on the width of chariot wheel. Oh, okay. Well, what was the, what was that based on? Well, the width of a chariot wheel was based on the horse in front of it and how wide that had to be to accommodate behind a horse. So when you boil this all down, the size of the cones on the roosters, right? The solid rocket booster uh, funnels on the space shuttle had to do with the size of a horse's ass. That's the story. And if you Google it, you can read about it. And it's there, I promise. Uh, now that's an interesting story. It's fascinating. It captures your imagination and it makes sense and it's logical and all that. But it's completely bogus. It's not true. It's completely fake. Um, similarly, there's another story that uh, is less known. I mean, I don't, I don't know about first one is known at all, but the second one is also interesting. And uh, that is in the early days of firefighting in cities. And I think this goes back to the early 19th century in Britain with the first fire brigades, like fire stations. And they were created and assembled by uh, basically very rich people who owned buildings in London. And uh, so they would, uh, they funded fire departments, quote unquote, that would, that basically served those buildings alone. They didn't go off, you know, to do random house fires or, you know, somebody is making fries, not that they have them, you know, making fries and oil, but uh, you know what I mean. The house fires they didn't really attend to. They were there dedicated for these buildings. And the story was that these fire brigades would go out and, you know, the building had to have a little, like a plaque on it saying, insured by whomever. And only then would they fight the fire. And there were reports of these firefighters standing around watching buildings burn to the ground because they were not insured. Again, an interesting story makes a lot of sense completely made up in fact it's the opposite uh these firefighters would go out and if a building close to one that was insured was on fire they put it out so that the building that was insured would not catch fire right and then you go like oh that makes so much more sense that's so these are two stories that still persist you can actually find them on the internet uh and, and a lot of people believe they're true uh, a third example, because I think this one is more recent and it uh, it really captures the idea uh, about this one more time. During the presidential uh, race of 2016, the uh, Republican, um, you know, head to head, trying to find the candidate during one of the debates, someone asked uh, Herman Cain, who is deceased now, but at the time, uh, I believe was a neuroscience, neurosurgeon. He was a doctor anyway. And they asked him if uh, vaccines cause autism. And his response was detailed and it was, um, 
based on the science. And he said there is as yet no evidence whatsoever that vaccines cause autism or have any negative impacts whatsoever. And in fact, have saved countless lives. And then they asked candidate Trump what he thought. And candidate, 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 candidate. Trump, oh, he just said, well, you know, I had a, I have a friend and uh, had a baby boy. Beautiful, beautiful baby boy. Beautiful. Uh, the best baby you've ever seen. Uh, I can't do a Trump impression to save my life. Um, but I tried to approximate one there. And then, uh, and he said, uh, he went on to say that, you know, he got uh, his vaccination. And then uh, shortly after, he, he developed autism, you know. And and then I think Trump went on to say something about how, you know, it's a lot of stuff to put in a baby's arm. And so while he didn't say, yes, it does, he created a story. And that story has so much more power than reality or facts. Um, you know, on social media, a story that is negative, or sorry, that is false, but has, but is very negative, has uh, creates fear or anger will spread way faster than the truth that comes out afterwards. And so I just want to point that out and say, be careful of stories um, and don't necessarily believe they're true, especially when those stories confirm something you believe. Another one that happened to me, uh, I was talking about J.K. Rowling, who is a divisive figure, has become a divisive figure. And this person pointed out to me that J.K. Rowling was anti-Semitic, and to which I said, well, I've heard the criticisms of her and her uh, anti-trans stance, but I had not heard, or actually that's not true, I did hear about these, this, uh, her anti, the anti-Semitic um, accusation. And that was based on Jon Stewart on a podcast made a joke about how the goblins in the movie resemble stereotypical uh, recounts of Jews from ancient, or well, maybe not ancient, but from a while ago stereotypical derogatory uh depictions of jewish people and uh and he laughed and he he was making a joke about it and said oh yes clearly she's very anti-semitic or something to that effect anyway uh, one news organization and i can't remember if it was newsweek or which one picked up the story and said john stewart calls jk rowling anti-semitic and then on a subsequent podcast john stewart took this news organization to task for, he said, your business, your uh, journalistic business is fire. And he was very, you know, as upset as Jon Stewart gets, but he was, he was very pointed in his criticism of news media for taking something that was clearly a joke and writing something so that they could get a lot of clicks for it, right? Because that's what matters. It's not, it's not accuracy, it's not honesty, it's just clicks. So who can get the most clicks? Uh, when it comes to news organizations, especially corporate-backed news organizations that are only interested in the bottom line because they are corporations and that's their raison d'etre. Anyway, so this person who's close to me believed that without question because they have a dim view of J.K. Rowling because of her anti-trans stance and are therefore predisposed to believe things that confirm their bias, like we all are. You know, if you are sitting, if you are reading a newspaper article 
and it says coffee drinkers live longer than non-coffee drinkers and you drink coffee you're apt to believe that oh that's good good to hear you like that story meanwhile if you don't drink coffee you're more likely to take a dim view of it and it doesn't take a rocket science to figure that out but that's the power of stories and then i just want to leave you with this little thing is like well what are the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves right i'm always unlucky uh right and then if you tell yourself the story of i'm always unlucky and you think every time you drive down the street you'll hit every red light you will if you tell yourself the story that i'm very lucky and you drive down the street thinking you'll hit every green light you will in truth you'll hit the same number of red lights and green lights as everyone else but you will more likely remember the ones that confirm your bias and the story that you have told yourself so be wary of the stories you tell yourself and uh in a subsequent podcast i will talk about this but thinking about the opposite or how do i know that's true well what if i'm wrong about the stories we tell ourselves whether it's about ourselves about the things that we hold true you know i think it's a really interesting exercise and if you have trouble doing it there's an interesting question in there too anyway that's my time for today i hope you have a great week everybody and i uh, will see you back here again for more deserts of plenty my name's ralph please leave me a comment or send me a uh, note i'd love to hear from you love to hear what you think all right take care bye